back for another episode of Stinkcast. Um, so I'm going to let uh, Echo and Keanu introduce themselves and the business that they're both working on. So do you guys want to tell us a little bit uh, about Foodable and yourselves? Yeah, so my name is Echo Banker. And I'm Keanu Smith. And together we are building Foodable. So Foodable is essentially an app that lets the user grab any ingredient in their cupboard, fridge, whatever, take those ingredients, put it into the app, and it'll give you recipes based on those ingredients. Basically. <laughs> That's cool. I like, I like the start of that as well. You guys are kind of introing each other as well. I can see how that partnership will probably work. Um, yeah. I didn't say anything. I don't know if that was re- rehearsed beforehand, but that was smooth. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, it's just how we are normally like, nice, nice like yeah i can see why it's a good partnership so what what kind of uh when did you guys come up with this idea obviously it makes sense especially now people are trying to use less and less food waste um but when yeah, did you have that kind of brainwave um so <laughs> it's funny how this idea came about we were actually at my flat we were playing video games ps4 and Echo decided to tell me this idea <laughs> that he had stored up in his head from um, a couple months earlier during lockdown because the um, idea that he had, he was like, it would have been really beneficial over yeah. lockdown. So I've heard this idea and I've gone, bro, this is an amazing <laughs> idea. Why, why have you not told me this yeah. before? And we just started trading ideas from then on how to go about it and, um, it was all a thought, to be honest, until we got into one of the competitions and it actually turned to something real. I was going to say, was that the Red Bull com- uh, competition, that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. precisely. Yeah. yeah. So the way we actually entered the Red Bull competition was, so after um, we spoke about the um, idea, literally the next day, someone approached us with the Red Bull competition and I didn't really give it too much thought. Then I told Keanu about it and he was like, bro, this is an amazing idea. Like, we should uh, enter the Red Bull competition with it. So we were like, we have nothing to lose. So we might as well. We yeah. entered um, the Red Bull competition and we actually finished third in the UK. And um, from there, li- um, literally the next day after that, <laughs> not even the next day, probably a couple <laughs> hours after that, we got introduced to the Holt Prize competition, which we're currently in yeah, right no, now. So nice. yeah, even though we finished third in the UK, that was like, it was a bummer, but it showed us that everyone, because it was a voting system, it showed us that everyone we've spoken to was like, this idea is amazing. Like, I, I could use this every day kind of thing. 100%. What kind of turnaround time did you guys have between hearing about and entering the competition to actually having to present in front of everyone? It was like, like only like a week. <laughs> like a week or two. Yeah, like, <laughs> Literally like a week or yeah. two. Like nice. seven days, eight days. Does that fit into how you both work anyway? Because I know for me it was like last minute cram and I had to work that way or do you prefer to be a lot more prepared than that? I mean, for us, I feel like we've learned to work really well under pressure. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. being at university is taught you because <laughs> we've had like a lot of last minute assignments. <laughs> so um, yeah. from that, we've basically been able to take those lessons and those skills and attribute it to you. Yeah, that's one thing we can say we learned from university. Yeah, nice. and uh, so as as one of you guys, uh, particularly um, creative chef, or is it something you really love, or was this just an idea out of nowhere? So um, that, is, that, <laughs> is, that is this one. Here. <laughs> yeah, so I actually love to cook. Um, my mom's a chef, so literally she taught me everything. And then um, on my Snapchat, my social media, you will literally see food. You continuously see food. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's where the idea was inspired. Yeah, he loves to cook. I love to. Eat. <laughs> perfect <laughs> nice yeah perfect partnership um yeah i think most of my instagram is pretty much just t- dedicated to looking at food dishes anyway so it sounds it sounds almost yeah. better um and is that 
couple of kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll be on that. Um, have you? So, is there something in particular you like to cook as well, or are you um, just a bit of everything? You know what? People always ask you this. Um, I don't have a particular like signature dish that I cook, but I really enjoy Asian food. And there's just something about Asian food where um, the cuisine, the textures, the flavors, everything. And then because of being of um, Ghanaian descent, I like to sometimes try and mix African food and Asian food together. So it's like a African Asian fusion type of thing. Nice. Yeah. That honestly sounds amazing. Um, I'm actually getting hungry now as well. And it's not even breakfast. So, um, so w when you came up with the recipes for this, are you having to put in a hundred percent of these recipes yourself that you you find here or how are you, uh, how are you going about populating that database? Um, so we've actually, so in terms of, of using Foodable, we've created a system where, it's a recipe finder. So it will go through the internet. So it's literally like a Google for um, yeah, recipes. Literally. So it's like AI would scan for your particular ingredients that you've said and filter out recipes based on that. From then you can then filter out for like vegan options or whatever um, dietary requirements you have. Nice. Is this, um, obviously it sounds, do either of you guys have a basis in kind of computer science or anything um, that way inclined? <laughs> nah, <laughs> we're building a team yeah. that can um basically take our vision and make it nice i mean i think that's um an interesting topic as well because nowadays especially if you have these ideas and you want to facilitate that um you're going to need to pay to have people with certain resources that can do the kind of the hard skills the coding etc um how have you guys found um getting people to actually bring that vision to life and doing the kind of backdoor coding and stuff like that you know, I think that's where like the beauty of university is because literally everybody Everyone is has like has skills. One yeah, skills. <laughs> has one some of the yeah. skills. So it's just a matter of going to someone and explaining the vision, explaining what you want to do. And yeah. then if they like it, then Yeah, they'll happily join on board. They would like to be part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. So I've got flatmates that essentially do some computer science. So again, it's just right on our doorstep. Yeah. You just have to network really. Nice. And so you guys get the benefit of uh, obviously something that would normally cost a huge amount of money, but they get the benefit of actually practicing on a real life product um, yeah. and bringing that to life. Nice. And how, how have you found that's worked so far? Have you had any major hiccups or has it been going quite smoothly? Oh. <laughs> we had one major hiccup. Um, so for the Holtz Prize, we needed a third member and our um, Robo is our... Um, so Robo is the coordinator yeah, for um, our university. So um, she suggested um, one individual, and he's he's a really nice guy and everything. Yeah, but amazing guy. When when we really came down to thinking about whether he was the right fit for Foodable, we came to the conclusion that he wasn't necessarily that kind of fit because the way we are together, we yeah. wanted someone who similar who could, yeah. could project like our energy and our vibes and stuff. So he was a bit older. He was um he had a business however his business um expertise was in door-to-door -door kind of sales while this was an app so we need someone who's a bit more into the marketing side of stuff like online marketing and that's when i was i was like yeah we're gonna have to tell him that he wasn't really the right fit and we went with a different candidate which happens to be my other friend my other good friend that i've known for years so um, Dijanel, he was um, the third member, gelled completely well, mm -hmm. 
echo met him the first time and it's yeah. like they've <laughs> known each other for years so everything just gelled perfectly well but we're all of finance backgrounds none of us are <laughs> particularly diverse nice so at least the numbers are going to add up at the end of it then yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think um that's quite it's quite a it's quite a hard thing that even as you grow hiring is such a hard thing that's even just the first, bringing the first person in but uh, especially when you're young and the the culture of the company is basically just what you guys are like you need to be very careful i suppose about who you bring into that kind of inner circle i think um in in saying that sometimes it's hard for you to kind of delegate certain decisions. yeah decisions yeah. to other people because it's like, oh, the way you see it is like, this is my baby type of thing. So you don't want to yeah, have someone just come and disrupt or destroy yeah. it or something. I suppose it's interesting because you don't want to micromanage, but at the same time, there's only so much time that you guys have. And realistically, it can probably be better spent on maybe slightly bigger decisions about the direction of the company rather than every single minute detail at the moment. Nice. And I know you mentioned there about um, you, you wanted to bring someone in that had a bit of a marketing experience. How have you guys, because I did have a little look, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be a huge amount out there at the moment. Is that quite a conscious decision while you guys work out what's going on? So um, at the moment we're entering a competition, the Holt Prize, and based on how the results of this competition goes, we can then get enough funding as well as um, mentorship to then take it out and market it properly and mm-hmm. stuff like that marketing decisions that we've made is to actually fully utilize TikTok. Um, with TikTok, you see a lot of food, um, people cooking and so forth. So we, um, one of the things that we've decided to do is create a um, challenge. challenge, yeah. <laughs> we call it the Foodable Challenge. Foodable challenge. Um, essentially what it is, is that once the app comes out, we give you um, three, to four three to four ingredients. ingredients. And um, you have to create any type of dish you want based on those three and four ingredients. Yeah, so you and the pick best ones. three to four ingredients. And I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've probably seen the TikTok where like, someone's holding up a shoe, they throw it up and yeah. then boom, they're fully dressed. Yeah. It's going to be like yeah. that. So they got ingredients, boom, whole. Um, nice, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So for me, I think I've just missed TikTok. Like, I'm, I'm not really getting too involved in it, but uh, we're talking to more and more people that are obviously using it for marketing. And it seems like a pretty effective way of doing it if you do it right. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And do either of you guys have um, a personal, quite a big social media presence that you might be able to use that experience, or is it going to be a completely new thing? No, but we have friends. Who do. Yeah, we've <laughs> got a lot of um, influencer friends. Yeah. So um, who already loved the idea, so they said that when it's ready, just give us a shout and we'll promote it for you. Nice. That's a good, definitely a good group of friends to have if you want to do it because it's yeah. it's huge at the moment. Like you need you need to have the influencers on side, really, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one of one of the key things that um Keanu and I and myself were really good at is networking. Literally everywhere we go, <laughs> no matter who you are, <laughs> we're gonna speak to you yeah, and get your contact in some form. I think that's something that our producer Hardoon, I'm sure I think you've met him already. Um yeah. he's the same thing. Like he he'll talk to people that he's met two years ago and somehow he's he's got their number and he's got them on social media and he's like ready to call them up and be like, Oh, by the way, we're doing this. So it's it's a huge yeah. skill and a talent to have that will definitely get you far, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Nice. And what, you know, it's who you know. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, that's why it's good that I just know him because he knows everyone, so I don't need to do any work, yeah. Um, so what would you say um, are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced actually turning this into a reality rather than just a great idea that you've had to play in PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, um, I would say, holding down a degree because... When you've got an idea like this and the response you're getting from like Echo spoke to someone over at Google 
and she was basically saying this is this idea is really needed and when you hear stuff like that and then you have to go back and <laughs> learn microeconomics which you've been doing for like four years it's like oh can I do I really have the motivation to finish this degree when something of a bigger calling is out there mm. how do you react when you've got that call set up with google as well is that a little bit surreal or did you just you know it was, it's like anything i think if, if anything it was like a great like motivator it showed that someone like imagine someone from google <laughs> is excited about this idea but it also kind of put us like in a position where we need to get this idea out there because yeah. if google are thinking this <laughs> idea, the likelihood yeah. of them coming out with a product yeah. Like that. yeah yeah exactly. I would say, <laughs> I would say that um, as well as it being a motivator, it's very like very humbling as well um, to have someone from Google really appreciate your ideas and kind of encourages you to like know that you're on the right track. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess you've got to have a, a dose of reality in that as well because it's great, it's really positive reinforcement and um, it, it's a good proof of concept for the idea. But you guys, you know, you're still at the starting line. You've got so much to do. So you know it works and you've got proof of concept and now you need to get it out there and produce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's amazing because we've got this far and it's literally just an idea in our minds. Like mm-hmm. it's just in our minds. We have no physical like app set up as yet. So to think that we can get this far with just an idea, it's like we don't know how far we can go. Yeah. billion dollar company in the future yeah. 100% yeah if you've got something that gets people excited and has people at Google excited then the ideas I think it's the hardest part as well isn't it really um, once you get that you've then got to make it happen but a lot of people don't even get that so you guys are both you, you're both doing finance and the other um, person that's working with you as well is doing finance would you say so something we ask as well because uh, we talk to a lot of people that are unions how much they actually find their degree has helped them with these projects that they're working on which I'm guessing from the smile, yeah. <laughs> um, so I study um, economics and management. And so some of my management modules, um, one in particular is about um, entrepreneurship. <laughs> and is just being in that, <laughs> in that lecture has kind of taught me that entrepreneurship can't really be taught. It's something that you have to experience, something that you have to go through. It's... I feel like with university, going to study entrepreneurship is too theoretical. Mm. It's like entrepreneurship in itself, although you could argue it's a science, it's very practical. Like the same way you go and do experiments for chemistry is the same way you kind of do experiments with um, entrepreneurship. Yeah, like trying out different ideas, trying different tactics, strategies, uh, to in order to kind of test your hypothesis, yeah, test your idea. Mm. And I do banking and finance. And again, my course, I've got so many different modules that should relate to real life but like i've done internships in the past where my degree i've done financial accounting at university as a module and i've gone to an internship company doing um the accounting for them and it's completely different I'm like yeah it's really <laughs> not worth it, I guess. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one to find, isn't it? I think, um, so I did, I did a module on entrepreneurship as well. And one of the first things I kind of say to you is, we're not going to teach you how to be an entrepreneur necessarily. We're going to look at the different styles and you think, well, why are you there almost? Because you might as well be doing a history module. Um, <laughs> and so what, what have you guys found then, actual hands-on learning in terms of being an entrepreneur and founding your own business? What are the biggest lessons that you've taken from actually, taken from actually doing that hands-on? 
Well, I feel like personally, it's the best way to learn. And this is not our first um, dealing at something like entrepreneurship since first year we've been at it with different ideas mm-hmm. like i've done websites in the past e-commerce um trading all kinds of stuff so we've had a crack at it and each business or each failure is not really a failure but it's like a lesson yeah. but um particularly so it's like you learn something from that oh why did that go wrong or why did yeah. that go wrong so that when you come to latter stages like these you know stuff like oh you have to be organized you have to do this you can't slack off and stuff like that mm-hmm. so at um Keanu's point i think also nowadays entrepreneurship has been like really glamorized in the sense of it's like <laughs> more of a lifestyle that you can gain from entrepreneurship but nobody really kind of understands the amount of work, work that goes in if anything you probably add more put in more work trying to build something for yourself than if you're working for someone else. 100%. Um I'll say there's been a, a lot, a lot of learning. Um even now I don't think you ever stop learning. You can't. Right. And the thing with the learning is that you have to have that kind of um consistency for yourself to be able to like basically G check yourself. Be like <laughs> you like I have to do this, I have to do that, I need to learn this, I need yeah. to learn that. No one's going to be there and be like, oh. Spoon feeding yeah. you, like nobody, you can't go mom and dad have mm-hmm. to do this or all the time. Like you might get advice from them, but like one thing I've learned as well, is like if you've got a problem, you first look at what you can do and the next step is to find a book because mm-hmm. somebody might have dedicated their whole life to that problem that you're looking for. So yeah. like books is huge for us as well. So. Mm-hmm. We read a lot of entrepreneurship books and stuff like that. Yeah. I would yeah. also say, like, because of the amount of books we've read, one thing that we, um, we were all speaking about is that why, are we, why would we make mistakes for ourselves when we can learn from the mistakes from of others. other people? Yeah. And that way it's just helped us, like, kind of narrow um, the path that we've taken in terms of foodable and being able to take foodable further and higher than if we were to make those mistakes ourselves 100 percent. i think that's a really interesting idea that you put forward there that we we haven't heard before um we say if you're having a problem it's probably not a new problem it's something that somebody's probably spent a long time dealing with committed a lot of time and research to so why reinvent the wheel when you can look and and take advice from them have you found anything that um potentially goes the other way where you've looked at examples and said we definitely don't want to repeat that or do anything like that um, yes, I think there's another um, competitor in the market, but when we looked at when we looked at, <laughs> when we looked at that, I don't um, want to throw any shade, but when we looked at their website, their app, we're thinking so it was produced in what 2015, 2016, yeah. and we're thinking you've had like four or five years to build something which could have been revolutionary, yeah, but not much has been like done. The kind of um, user experience is very um poor, poor. yeah <laughs> very poor and because we saw that we were like we're living in a generation where attention is very key yeah. so for you to survive in a market like that you need something that will grab someone's attention just like that very interactive yeah and colorful and stuff like that they they app was created in 2015 but it looks like it was created in 2008 yeah i think nowadays as well everyone's you want if it's not nice to use you're not necessarily going to want to use it especially when you've got so many options for sleek alternatives why would you yeah like you say why are you looking at something that looks like it comes with dial-up internet 
Um, and so you guys, obviously there's a lot of the people we talk to are directly aiming their products at university students because it's a, it's a demographic that they know really well that they're close to. Is this something that you see mainly being aimed at them or are you looking at a much wider audience? So initially we were looking at um, university students, but then as we um, started going further, developing the idea, we realized that this is not just a university student problem, but potentially a global problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the world, worldwide, food wastage is about, it's a trillion dollar industry. There's so, there's about 15. So, many, so much food waste, like yeah. just in the UK and the UK is a tiny island. Yeah. So you can imagine like well, America yeah. and everything like that. Mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that's very topical at the moment as well. I think people want to do something about it. Um, but yeah, it don't necessarily know exactly what that is. Um, so to have an app that you could put in and go, okay, I've got this left over, this left over, this left over in the bottom of my fridge. And then yeah, suddenly yeah. it turns out, even if it says you need to go out and get two ingredients rather than doing a half, having to do a whole shot, it's obviously, yeah, a, a great thing to use. Cool features as well that we're adding to the app. So you can, um, like for example, meal planners to help, um, structure your whole week or your mm. whole month. Of, mm. so recipes for each day's worth of food and also that helps the lower income families as well so families potentially dependent on food banks mm -hmm. so they can use a lot more of their ingredients as well and we're also kind of tapping into the health market with one of the features that um Dejeuner actually suggested was um, a calorie tracker. Mm. So it tells you how much calories each meal has got. Mm. And we've since then developed on that to have um, a calorie cap, essentially. 100%. I mean, if you're tackling health, um, food waste and potential poverty, I think that's three big ones. If you can hit all three of those, then you've got a pretty good product. Um, I, think, I think one that might be good to, to just kind of round up on because I'm conscious of time, um, I know you guys have mentioned that you've obviously you've appealed already for the Red Bull and you managed to success, successfully get that. We've spoken to other people as well that have had a really good boost from sort of initial um, competitions like that. What advice would you give to someone who's just started out their company and is going to, to go to one of these places as somebody who has placed and come third in that? I would say kind of just keep on going, essentially, because there's times where you would think, oh, this may not necessarily be the best. Like, what happens if I don't win it? Or yeah. um, this might not be the best kind of use of my time or it's not really beneficial. Or I can't even be like, what happens if I don't win? Yeah. And um, I think the, even though we didn't necessarily win, the opportunities that we gained from it, the lessons that we learned we from it. Like we yeah, we yeah. felt like we won. We learned so many um, like marketing um, strategies yeah. we learned. Um, the app itself, how to refine it in a such where it's appealing to users. We learned that we gained a lot of lessons from it. So yeah. I would say that every opportunity you get, try and utilize it because you don't know what might come out of it. Yeah. And another thing I would add to that as well is um, personality. So one of the things that made us stand out more than the mm. other users, I would say, was our video, our pitch because our pitch was literally just our personalities just shining out there. So people bought into that a lot more than just, oh, I've got this idea, this idea. Yeah. And it's like they bought into our personality and the idea mm -hmm. itself. So that's one thing to add into it. And don't forget to, to add your personality because 
people like to appeal to the human side of stuff yeah. as well. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, Jeff Bezos, yeah, everyone knows that he's got Amazon, but they also want to know what he does when he's not Mr. Amazon. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. <clears throat> 100%. And I think something else that plays into as well, if you guys can get your personality on screen, people love authenticity. I think you can yeah. you can tell when somebody's fake and you don't want to go near it. If you look at a product and say, actually, I think these guys are in it for a good reason. Um, yeah, I think that's a great thing to be able to get across. Maybe if you're a terrible person, don't put your authenticity into there and pay someone to make you look good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, I want to say a huge thanks for coming on because it sounds like a great idea and it's, it seems like I don't need to wish you guys much luck because it looks like it's going from strength to strength anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being on you. Yeah, it's been an honour. Pleasure to have you guys on. Looking forward to catching up with you soon and seeing how everything's going.